You are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Uh, well, good morning. My name's Lee. I'm one of the pastors here. If you are a guest with us, we do want to welcome you today if this is your first time uh, with us. Uh, Pastor Jonathan mentioned the connection card, so thank you for filling that out. If you've never filled that out, on the back side of that, he also mentioned that love and lead kind of praise reports we like to give. Uh, and then also, if you have any prayer requests, any decisions you make, you can turn that card over. It's on the back of that. You know, in our love and lead initiative, uh, our mission here is to help love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And so we do that through service. Serving in our community, sharing the gospel, having what we call gospel conversations with people. Uh, maybe you get a chance just to kind of talk about God and, and even present the gospel to them. Uh, ways we can connect with each other in life groups and discipleship classes. And so uh, you've got a blue insert in your worship program uh, in there today on discipleship classes that are coming up here in the fall. And that's a way to connect to people and get to know people here at Heights. We have life groups on Sunday morning you can plug into. Uh, and then there's ways that you can engage spiritually. Uh, we're going to talk about that over this sermon series, is how to help you engage in your spiritual disciplines of what we would call Bible reading and prayer and sharing your faith and just kind of growing as a Christian. And so when you fill out that little report of saying, hey, I got to invite this people to uh, church or I've shared the gospel this many times, that's not about just what you've done. Uh, When we pull all that together, it's about what we get a chance to celebrate that we have done. You know, so I want to really challenge you as you think about that. Church is not about me church is about we, okay? So think about that when you come in the doors. Church isn't just about me this morning. It's about we. It's about us. And so one thing we'd love to hear from you is some stories uh, that uh, as you're out inviting, maybe you get a chance to serve, have a cool kind of story where you get a chance to share. I'll share a story with you. Uh, This past week, I got a chance to invite two folks uh, to our services. Uh, I try to eat at the same places. I try to get my hair cut at the same places. I try to go to the same gas stations all the time. And when I go to the gas stations, I try to pay inside and not just at the pump always. Why? Well, because I like to get a Dr. Pepper um, also. My wife left earlier. She had to go to the back to help with the kids. So I'll admit to you, I go to the gas station inside to get the Dr. Pepper, uh, which she probably could figure that out anyway if she was here. But what I'm trying to do is build relationships with those cashiers. And so I go to the same places, get my hair cut the same place. I go to the same gas stations. I try to see the same people over and over and over again so I get to know them. And so I was out to eat uh, earlier this week. We got a chance to talk to Melissa, who's new in our community, chance to pray with her, chance to invite her uh, to church. She had just moved to Alvin about two weeks ago. Yesterday, got my hair cut and uh, go to the same place I always go to, sat in the chair, and the lady who cuts my hair goes, Preacher, what's preaching on tomorrow? Here we go. So gave her a little bit of the sermon. Got a chance to invite her, right? And so as you're out and about, just kind of think about those things. Where, where do I go? Who are the people I see? Let us hear some of those stories with you so we can celebrate uh, what you are doing. And that helps to see what we are doing as a church in loving and leading people to a new life with Christ. So as we get started this morning, let me pray. Father, I thank you uh, for who you are. Uh, Lord, I thank you that we can come and and, and just praise your name today. Lord, I thank you for the, 
life that you give us. Lord, I, I, I'm so excited to be here today because, um, Lord, my week wasn't a great week. And Sunday's a great time, whether we've had a bad week or a good week, to, to hit reset, to, to kind of refocus. And I thank you for all the people I got to see this morning. And I can look out here today and, and just see um, how much you love them. For so many of them, I know their stories, and uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by their faithfulness to you over the years, and Lord, even more encouraged to your faithfulness to them over the years. And so, Lord, thank you for being a God that loves us, a God that when we have sinned against you, you still loved us so much, you sent your only son, Jesus, into this world to redeem us so that we may have life with you now and life for all of eternity. And so, Lord, we want to celebrate that this morning. We want to also learn to grow in our relationship with you. And so, Father, help us in that today as we open your word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So if you've got an electronic Bible or you've got a Bible in your hand, let's go to Luke chapter 10. And however you access the word of God, I'm going to meet you in Luke 10 uh, here in a moment. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 38. want to let you know a little bit more uh, just uh, as we start out this sermon series. And this morning we're going to talk about priorities. Uh, back in 2016, specifically in the fall of 2016, uh, it was a really, really hard time for me. Um, we were starting a church up in Pearland. We had been uh, kind of moving uh, toward church planning and starting church at that point for almost two years. Things weren't going great. It was kind of very up and down. Uh, I was working a full-time job on top of that in Pasadena as an insurance salesman at State Farm. Uh, at night, I was also finishing up my doctoral classes, trying to graduate in December of 2016. Uh, so if you think about that, starting church, full-time job, full-time going to school, married, two kids, you could describe it as insanity, um, but I also just describe it as busy, right? It was very, very busy. Now, I was doing good things, but one thing I noticed over time started slipping, and that was my time with God. So my personal devotion time started to wane because I was trapped in this cycle of doing just what was next and not what was best. And so the more and more I kind of got away from spending time with God, the more the schedule piled on, the more the busyness piled on, my mood started to change. Um, I was stressed all the time. I wasn't in the pleasant mood all the time. I mean, you could probably talk to Sandra after the service and go, hey, he talked about fall 2016. What was he like? She'd go, oh, 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 not pleasant, right? Why? Have you ever felt that way? I mean, you just, you get trapped in the loop of just next, Right? You get trapped in the loop of doing what's next, but not doing what's best. And, and, and if you haven't been there, then please let us know how you figured that out. Because we are all probably in that trap this morning. Amen? Right? We just, the schedule piles up and things get busy. And, we, and our time with God seems to slip and seems to be pushed on down the priority list. And so we're going to start this series uh, called God First. Because at this time of year... It's kind of a busy time of year. You know, kids are getting back in school. Maybe you're starting new jobs. There's things transitionally happening in your life. And so what we want to do is say, all right, let's kind of focus on putting God first in a couple of areas. This morning, we're going to talk about priorities. All right, so way to show up on a Sunday morning about a sermon on priorities, okay? Woohoo! You can feel a little better. All right, so priorities this morning. 
uh, Bible reading, then we're going to talk about giving, and then we're going to talk about prayer. And those are all areas that God says, put me first. Because you think when he says in Mark 12, in verse 30, Jesus says the first command, the top command of all the commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. He just simply says, put me first. And so this morning, we want to talk about how we can do that, how we can put God first and get out of that trap of just doing what's next and learn to do what's best. And so when you come to Luke chapter 10, there is a dinner party that is going on. And uh, we see three central characters in verses 38 through 42. You can kind of scan it with me. Uh, There's a lady by the name of Mary. She has a sister named Martha. And then Jesus is listed. Now, we can probably assume there are going to be more people there than Mary, Martha, and Jesus, but the text says there's Mary, Martha, and Jesus. So let me introduce you to Mary. Mary is going to be your more relational person, okay? So Mary, that doesn't mean Mary doesn't work hard, that doesn't mean Mary doesn't like to get things done, but a Mary type is going to be a type that relates to people first. Okay? So they're going to say, you know what, the most important person right now is the person that's in front of me. And I may have a lot of things to do later, but the most important person is the person in front of me. The most important thing right now for me is to spend time with the person in front of me, and then I'll get to all the other stuff. Right? That's a Mary. Then you've got a Martha. Right? Now I'm going to admit to you, I'm a Martha type of person. A Martha person is a goal-oriented person. Martha loves a good to-do list. Amen? Any Martha types? Let me just see who I'm talking to. Okay, a few Marthas. Man, a good day for me is when the list gets done. And then I get to make another list, right? Love my list. So Marthas, we can still be relational. Uh, We can still love being with people. I'm an extroverted person. I love talking to people. I love hanging out with people. But where we Martha struggle is even though the person is right there in front of us, we can tend to still think about all the other things we have to do. And so for some of you, you're Mary people. And God bless you. We love Mary people as Marthas. Some of you are Marthas. All right, amen. Because listen, in church, we need Marys. Because if you have a church full of Marthas, you're going to get a lot of things done and you're going to stink relationally, all right? But in churches, we also need uh, Marys because we need to get relational things done, all right? And so think about that in a church. If you've got a church full of Marys, you're going to be very good relationally, but you're not going to do a lot of things at all, right? And so churches need Marys, and they need Marthas, and maybe you're going to read this story and go, man, I'm kind of like a Mary, or maybe I'm like a Martha, but what I want you to really see is how we can get out of that trap of doing just what's next, learn to do what's best, right? So when we pick up in the story and we pull up at the dinner table next to Jesus, we see what's happening. In verse 39, we see that uh, it says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So I want you to picture uh, this in our mind. Uh, We're at this party. We're sitting there with Jesus. There's other people maybe in the room. Martha's running around, right? She's getting things out. She's refilling drinks. She's putting silverware on the table. She's getting food out. And there's her sister Mary just hanging out, 
And where does it say she's hanging out? At the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching. Back in this day, you had what were called rabbis, and then you had somebody who followed the rabbi, and that would be a disciple. It was common, if you were under a rabbi's teaching, to say, this person sits at the feet of this person, or the teaching of this person. And so Mary is kind of giving us a picture uh, and a posture, if you will, of submission. Mary's saying, you know what, I'm posturing my heart right now to sit, Jesus, and listen to your teaching. Yes, there's a lot of things to do, but Jesus, this is the best thing to do. So I'm going to slow myself down and I'm going to posture myself and position myself to hear you. Now, think about that in practical terms today. How do we do that? How do you posture yourself and you position yourself to listen to Jesus? Well, I think you put yourself under the submission of the Word of God. See, that's what it means to follow Christ in your life. A follower of Jesus is somebody that has made a commitment by faith to trust Jesus Christ for their salvation. But a follower of Jesus Christ also says, Jesus, you're my Lord. I'm submitting myself to you. I'm submitting my authority under your authority. You're the authority of my life. So when I come to the Bible then, I come to the scriptures and I say, this is your word. I'm not going to read myself into this. I'm not going to change your word to fit what I think or what I want. But I'm going to pull out from your word what it says. I'm going to let your word dictate my thoughts, dictate my actions, dictate my speech, dictate my beliefs, because now I'm following you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. All right, so to kind of put yourself now in a position to listen to Christ is to say, I've got to spend time with you, God, in your word. But that's where it gets hard, doesn't it? Because the schedule is busy. And so you've got to make a choice to do this. The choice of spending time with God is your choice. You have to choose to do it. And maybe though you're thinking, there is no way in my schedule with all the things I've got, I can find time to get alone with God. I mean, maybe you feel like this mother that put a sign on the bathroom door for her children one day. The sign said this, attention children, The bathroom door is closed because I am in here. Please do not knock right now. Yes, I know it's closed. And yes, I know it's locked. Please do not stand here and talk to me. Please do not ask me questions. Please wait until I'm finished and I come out. Do not ask me how long I'll be in here. I'll come out when I'm ready. Do not bring the phone to the bathroom door. And do not go back to the phone yelling, she's in the bathroom. She'll call you back in a minute. Do not stick your little fingers under the door and wiggle them. All right, parents, we've seen that one. I found this meme, right, earlier this this week. Some of you can identify with that. Do not slide Legos under the door or notes under the door. That was only cute when you were two. I will be out soon. You'll be okay. And oh, by the way, I still love you, mom, right? Parents, you feel that way? You think, man, I just can't get alone for 10 minutes, five minutes to spend time with God. 
And so what happens is the enemy of busyness pulls us into this loop that we get trapped in of saying, all right, I'm going to do what's next and not just what's best. Mary here has positioned herself to hear God. Your choice is to do the same. Now, let's pick up with Martha. Martha, we see in verse 40, is doing something that is good. I don't want to be hard on Martha. Martha's doing good things. It says Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to the Lord and said, Do you not care? My sister has left me alone to serve. Tell her to help me. Being a Martha... I don't want to be hard on Martha's. Because I sit here and I read this story, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Somebody had to cook the food, right? Somebody had to get the dishes out. Somebody had to get the, the table set. Somebody had to clean up, right? Now, I mean, the, you do have the dinner guest who fed over 5,000 people with, you know, some loaves and fish. So I'm sure Jesus could have just gone, I got it, Martha, sit down, you know waved his hand, and boom, you got a feast on the table. Well, Jesus, we got to wash all these dishes. Oh, Martha, don't worry about that either. I got it. I mean, I'm sure Jesus could have supernaturally cleaned everything if he wanted to. But Martha's running around. She's serving. Serving's not bad. She's doing what she needed to do. But did you notice the text said something that's pretty key about this? What did it say in verse 40? Is that she is what? distracted with much serving. She comes up to Jesus and says, tell Mary to stand up and help me. She's talked enough. But notice what Jesus says in verse 41. Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. The word anxious means also worry. It means to be torn apart, to go in many different directions. And that's where Martha was. And you and I can get in that trap as well when we're so focused on doing just what's next, we forget to do what's best. Because what's next is not always bad. I mean, understand that. What's next on your list may not be a bad thing to do. But have you done what's best? I mean, can you imagine the next day when uh, Martha wakes up and she looks at her phone and she got a text from her friend? And her friend texts her and says, Martha, how was the dinner party? What was it like being with Jesus? What did he say? How was he? What was his disposition like? Was he funny? Was he, you know, what, did he do this? Did he talk about these things? And Martha just texts back her friend. He's like, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I heard some things here and there, but I was kind of busy. I was in the back cooking. I was refilling, you know, the sweet tea. I was just doing all these things, and I kind of missed it. But then Mary wakes up, and Mary's got a text on her phone, and, and it's one of Mary's friends, and she's like, hey, how was it? How was the dinner party? And you got time to spend with Jesus. What was it like? And Mary texts back. She said, man, it was great. You know, he, he told me about miracles he had done. He told me about the time he walked on water. And he sat me down and explained the book of Ezekiel to me, and I finally understand the book of Ezekiel, Right? I mean, it was just, it was wonderful. I was hanging on every word. See, what Martha was doing wasn't bad, but she was caught in the trap that you and I can get trapped into of just doing what is next and not what's best. 
Because I want you to see how Jesus ends this dinner party. When he calls out Martha in verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. See, I love what Jesus does. I I believe when Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, he is not giving her a strong rebuke. Instead, what Jesus is doing is inviting Martha into community. He's getting her attention. Martha, slow down for a minute. Just don't worry about the dishes right now. Don't worry about what's next on the list, Martha. Look at what Mary's done. She's chosen the good thing, and no one's taken her away from that, Martha. There's one thing, Martha, you need to do, and Mary's chosen the good part. You know, in the movie City Slickers, which came out many, many years ago, uh, Billy Crystal is playing a, a character by the name of Mitch. Mitch and his friends are businessmen in New York City. They're going kind of through a midlife crisis, and so they go out west to kind of experience cowboy life for two weeks. And they're going to go on a cattle drive. And there's Jack Palance, who's playing Curly, kind of the old crusty cowboy. And there's a pivotal scene within the movie that we found a picture on where Billy Crystal and, and Curly, Mitch and Curly, are going back and forth. And, and Mitch is talking about needing to find happiness in life. And Curly goes, you know what, you city slickers are all the same. You come out here for two weeks and you, you kind of unplug and you think you can find happiness. But, but Jack Palance in the scene holds up his hand. He says, you need just one thing in life to make you happy. Just one thing. Billy Crystal holds his hand back up with that finger. And he says, well, what's the one thing? What's the one thing I need in life to make me happy? And Curly says, your one thing is different than my one thing. But you got to find your one thing. Let me say this, your one thing ought to be the same as my one thing. It's the same of everybody's one thing. Because the Bible says there's one thing you need to do in life, and that seek one person. Listen what David says in Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I may seek him, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of of the Lord. David says, I'm seeking one thing, to be with God. Paul says it this way in Philippians 3.13, brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind, reaching forward to the things ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The one thing you need to do is to pursue one person And that's God. And so how do you break the cycle of doing just what's next and learning to do what's best? Let me give you kind of four pieces of application real quick. Uh, You may want to write these down. If you've got a note app in your phone, pull it out. Let's go over that because we want to break this cycle of just doing what's next and like Mary, choose to do what's best. And that's spending time with God. God has to be the priority. So number one, In your plan, you have to make a commitment, all right? I'm going to make a commitment to spend time with God every day this week, all right? So I want you to think about that. You make that commitment this morning. I'm going to spend time with God every day this week. I would suggest at least 15 minutes. You want to do more than 15 minutes? Great. Go do more than 15 minutes. 
but start at least 15 minutes. Why did I pick 15? Because even with a slow reader like me, I can get through at least two chapters of most books of the Bible in 15 minutes. I can read. I can spend time in prayer at least in 15 minutes. All right, so say, all right, I'm going to set aside at least 15 minutes each day this week to spend time with God because that's what's best and not, I'm not going to just do what's next. All right? So second, you got to develop a plan. Develop a plan. Where are you going to do that? Where are you going to spend time with God? I, I have a chair that I like to sit in in my home. That's where I read my Bible from in my devotion time. I spend time in prayer. It's just kind of a comfy chair that I like to sit in. Anything magical about that chair? Nope, it's comfy. All right? But that's where I know when I've got my Bible and I'm going to do my devotions, I'm heading to my chair. So where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? All right, this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. Are you ready for this? Some of you might think, I don't have time to spend 15 minutes. Yes, you do. Cut out a Netflix show. Right? Go to bed a little earlier. Wake up a little earlier. You got time. You just got to make it. You got to steward the time that God gives us well. For some of you, I just lost you because you're like, wake up earlier. I'm not a morning person. No way. You know why some of you are not a morning person? And I love you, and I'm about to say this. Some of you are not morning people because you stay up too late. (laughs) Go to bed earlier. Then you can wake up earlier. All right? My dad taught me nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. So just go to bed earlier. You'll learn to be a morning person. All right? You got to develop a plan. What are you going to read? What are you going to do? Where are you going to do it? What time are you going to do it? Okay? Make a commitment. That starts there. Develop a plan. Point three, work your plan. Just work your plan. Okay? You made your plan, you work it. Most research shows it takes 21 days to build a new habit. Okay? So work your plan. Okay? You made a commitment. You develop a plan, work your plan. But listen to this part. Number four, I want you to get. Okay? So, so really kind of key in with me here for just about two more minutes. So if your neighbor is asleep at this moment, now's when you want to tap that person on the shoulder and say, you have prayed long enough. He feels blessed. Wake up for two more minutes. You need to know this morning that God loves you not based on what you do, but based on what Jesus has done for you. Okay? You need to know that this morning. God loves you, not based on what you do, but based on what Jesus Christ has done for you. For some of you today, you are going to think, if I don't work hard enough in life, I'm going to let somebody down. If I don't work hard enough in life, I'm not going to make it. If I don't work hard enough in life, I'm going to disappoint somebody. And you will never get out of the trap of doing what's next to learn to do what's best. See, understand that when God designed this world, God designed this world to be a merry type of world. I mean, if you think all the way back what the Bible says in the the Garden of Eden, when God created everything, it was a merry type of world. Things were perfect. There was a perfect relationship between man and God. There's perfect relationship. I mean, they're just Adam and Eve. They're hanging out with God. Yes, there was things to do in the Garden of Eden. God said, you know, tend it, keep it. But even that work that they were doing was perfect. 
But then Adam disobeyed. Adam sinned against God. Adam rebelled against God. And when Adam sinned, now brokenness entered into our world. And when brokenness came into our world, our world shifted from being a Mary type of world to a Martha type of world. See, now our world operates with this understanding and this thought process of, yes, it's important to worship God, and yes, we know we're supposed to do that, but it's okay just to slide him down the priority list for a little bit. Sure, I've got all these other things, and maybe, God, I'll give you time here and there. We would call that sin. It's sin to do that because God says, give me everything. And when you and I don't give God everything, we don't put God first, we've sinned against him. But the good news is that God doesn't want to leave us in that broken state. He doesn't want to leave us in that state of sin. God still wants to have that merry type of relationship. So he sent Jesus Christ into this world. And this is what we would call the gospel, the good news, that Christ Jesus took all those misplaced priorities of our lives on himself on the cross. That Jesus Christ died for our sin. And now through Christ, because he's risen again, when you place your faith, place your trust in him, it's Christ who says, now I can help you recover and pursue a merry type of relationship. And when Christ comes again, guess what he's going to do? He's going to set it all back to a merry type of world. Where, yeah, we'll still have things to do, but guess what? It won't be work anymore. Those priorities will always be right. Because of what Christ has done. And so this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've not placed your faith, your trust in Christ, that's your first commitment this morning. That's the first thing you ought to do today is to say, I'm ready to be a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm ready to follow Christ as my Lord and Savior. Today, if you've already done that, then your priority ought to be, I'm going to worship the Lord. This week, I'm making a commitment to spend time with God every day. You see in your worship program, a little resource we put together for this uh, sermon series called God First. This is going to be in your worship program each week. I've listed resources for you uh, in every sermon that I personally use that I personally recommend to you. And so these are resources that you can get a hold of, you can apply in your life, uh, that you can say, you know what, I want to put God first in these areas. And so you can take that home and put that together. But let me pray this morning. And let me pray for you. I want you to pray for me, that we would be people not just doing what's next, but we're going to be people who do what's best this week, and that's spend time with God as our first priority. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you for this time of worship uh, that we have had together. A time, God, just to be in your word. Lord, I I pray this morning, first and foremost, for, for any child, teenager, adult, that has not placed their faith and trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray today for them to take that first step of faith and say, yes, I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Lord, I pray for for the folks who have done that, who follow Christ. Lord, there are moments that our priorities can just get off. And so, Lord, help us this week, not just to do what's next on the to-do list, but to do what's best. And that's first and foremost, spend time with you each and every day. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org give.